Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, shoes? There was a dude who got filmed at Battleground, a fan in the stands. Popping open his iPhone and putting double or nothing on in front of him where he could still see the ring, but he could also see NXT. Uh, have you ever done that? Um, Not for wrestling, but definitely for other sports. <laughs> I've definitely been at pay-per-views and... Watched a basketball game. Definitely throw on a Knicks game like while I'm there or the, an important football game, but never another wrestling show. I mean, I've never had the opportunity well, to. Not a lot rare. of opportunities out there. I feel like this guy, everybody's making fun of this guy on Twitter. And I'm just like, this guy's a fan. That's yeah. what you do. Yeah. But if you're sitting at home, I mean, you know, I get it. You buy tickets. I guess it falls into the category that I always complain about where it's like, you're at the show. Enjoy the show. Quit filming the show. Quit waving your sign around. Just enjoy mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. But. So you can enjoy two things at once if you're not bothering anybody else. I mean, enjoy what you don't enjoy what he wants to enjoy. You spend your own money. Don't be get your hand out of my pockets and your eyes out of my pockets. Talk about yeah, he paid up. for that seat. He paid for his ticket. He paid for that that Peacock subscription. Right. And that iPhone. <laughs> right. And who who knows if he even paid for a ticket? Who knows if that was just a, a, a you know, a contesting one or you had a... Uh, <laughs> it might be a WWE plan. They're just sending people in there to watch Battleground during... Who knows? <laughs> who knows? We do not know anything. You, sir, know more about Double or Nothing than I do because you were there. You were oh. part of the opening show. But uh, let's just start our show and then we'll talk about it. Let's Three. do it. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening, you're to, listening to, to And you're listening to the listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. It's a triple pay-per-view ple review episode of monday mask or mask mondays and the monday mask man show how you doing man i'm tired as fuck <laughs> but i'm here and happy bro uh, I'm, I'm excited i'm excited to, to do the show today uh i gotta ask you up top everybody's been wondering how was catering not gonna hold you it was 
a solid B plus. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> it was you a solid have. B plus. Yeah, no, they had uh the, the salmon was straight. You know what I mean? They had prime Ooh. rib for some prime rib. They had the prime rib. They had prime rib, and they had the guy cutting the prime rib. No, but they did have it like pre cut, and the guy was bringing it as like it oh, wasn't. But there was a guy. But there was a guy. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, just a tray of prime rib, which is so sort of anti prime rib. It is a tray of prime rib. Like you knew he was back there cutting it, but he wasn't like cutting it as. He was serving it to you, right? Like it was, it was, it was a different experience. But it was, was, there, a, was there a make your own waffle bar? There was not a make your own waffle bar. No, it was not. There was no, there was no customizable options in, right. in catering. It was, but it was, it was, it was very solid. It was for very the record. Solid. I don't know the WWE's ever had a make your own waffle bar. <laughs> this is a reference to last episode when I was just talking about things that would make me pop at a, in a catering. <laughs> nah, it was situation. solid, bro. They had they had salmon back there, good good prime rib. Uh, they had a, a shrimp po' boy. Which was nice. Oh, it was really good. Uh, it was it was good. It was good. They had a nice drink set up. Tea. It was man. Listen, AW treated me very very well, and more importantly than that, they treated my my mom and my aunt really well, who happened to be in Vegas for for you know Memorial Day weekend. I was like, hey, could you you know, can my mom and my aunt come to the show? And they rolled out the red. They, my mom and her my, my mom's. In my mom's exact words, she said they did everything but short of roll out the red carpet for me and my sister. So they're they're wonderful in her. Amazing, <laughs> what a baby face! What a what a baby face spot. That's fan. That's yeah. great work by them. It's work, great work for them. Shout out, shout out everybody back there. Shout out Mike Mansuri, obviously Renee Paquette. Uh, long-time friends, incredible people. And uh, I had a blast back there, man. It was, Is it was anybody fantastic. in the world better than Renee at doing that job? Yo, so here's it. So she helped. She basically wrote the entire uh, buy-in show, right? So, mm-hmm. like, ever you know, since probably three or four days before the show, she had literally every. I've never seen somebody more prepared for a pre-show, mm-hmm. right? Like, she had more. She had every single potential question that she would ask on the show. She had the rundown of all the backstages and when people arrived and everything like that, but. Like in wrestling, which shouldn't surprise anybody, things changed on the fly. Every, mm-hmm. I think the script, the script might have changed like three or four times in the in the ninety minutes I was there for the uh, you know preparation of the pre show. Uh, but she was awesome, and um, yeah, she's literally yeah. You you said it right. Like I don't think there's anybody better with all that preparation. It still feels so off the cuff. Or she just starts talking, and you just feel like you're in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, it, well, that, well, that's the thing. Like it was it was preparation, and then. You know, after we did all that, she's like, listen, you know how this shit goes. Like, we're probably going to have to go off the cuff for most of it. <laughs> and that's and that's pretty much what happened when the show started. But because of the, the the massive preparation, it didn't feel like we were out there without a raft. So it was really fun. I had a great time. Shout out Stoke. Shout out Paul White. Who is harder to hear, Stoke or Paul White? I mean, I'm just getting, they're both equally <laughs> far from your head. <laughs> um... Uh, If I had to guess, I, 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 I guess I'd put it on 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 Stoke. I put on Stoke. Stoke was probably right. a little bit harder to hear, man. They were I, he was he was a massive baby face. Like the the, oh. the backstage, not even the backstage, the setup was like right in the middle of the T Mobile Arena crowd. So as we're walking out, you hear the the hooting and hollering and the yelling at stuff. And you know, Stoke, he's going back and forth to the crowd. And you know, Paul White, he's a massive I mean, God, anywhere he goes, you, you could tell the type of reaction he uh-huh. walks and, and and garners. So um <laughs> he well, was he was so much fun to work with, man. It was fun. 
We got to get to a lot of match breakdowns. I watched Zero Wrestling Live. I watched mm. it all late at night after I got home. Did a double cookout this weekend, nice. Saturday and Sunday, going both days. I will say, you guys listening to this can't tell, but the guys who are who are on the, the show with me, and maybe we, can, well, we don't have to do a social clip of this, but I, you might notice a big Band-Aid oh, on the shit. side of my head. I got you got up. bust open the hard way. I got hard weighed by my four-year-old. When I picked him up to he's leave hardcore. the He's hardcore. He's hardcore. Yeah, he he's is. Hardcore. When, we, when I picked him up to leave the second one, no crying, no tantrum, just straight up no, and punched me in the face two times. <laughs> Hit my glasses and straight, opened up like an inch-long cut on my eyebrow. <laughs> nice. You should have took a, You should have took your, your blood from a stone picture and just had the... That would have been great oh, social God. concept for the show. <laughs> my wife was like you should you got to you got to you got to spank him or you know do the pull you got you got to let him know you can't do it. I was like I should have just like taken the blood and smeared it all over my face yeah. and screamed at him. I think that would have been a better look, you know. <laughs> um yeah, so, you know, we're we're recuperating over here. Good. I feel like I've I feel like I've worked a main event a main event match. Well, you, um, you look like a million bucks as always, my, my so friend. Let's start without any Rene Paquette <laughs> level preparation. <laughs> With the biggest matches of the weekend. Actually, I'm going to start with the question. Let's start with a down note. We'll get to an up note. Do you think the Pillars match slash, do you think the World Heavyweight Championship match from on, on went on each night? Do you think either of those matches should have headlined their shows just based on principle? So I was thinking about this a lot, like as, as the, the night was going on. And I think that the choice was made, right? Like I think in... Um, because it's an anarchy in the arena match and like the star power in it, I wasn't mad that it, it headlined and it had so much hijinks that happened. Like Agreed. it would have just been hard to follow. Like not. And props to MJF in the uh, scrum afterwards for having a uh, being ready to answer this question. He was like, "Do you think I want to wrestle in John Moxley's blood?" No. <laughs> I mean, it's a massively great point. You know what I mean? But uh, I th I think we talked about this for a while. I think we all kind of felt like the the buildup was a little weird and a little lackluster for a mm -hmm. match that was supposed to represent, uh, you know, the four biggest or the four next stars or the future of the company yeah. however you want to shape it but they put them in a great position to have this sort of conversation which is oh wow these guys stole the show these guys had an incredible match i think no matter what the build was we all knew once all four of them got in there it was going to be an incredible match and i really enjoyed it the crowd was into it and not for nothing it woke the crowd back up i'm actually more upset about the uh, the Rollins AJ match, like I know that there's the philosophy is that if it, amongst in some quarters is that if you're not going to close the show, it's but you know the next best spot is to open the show. But I think, I mean, I, I've defended not like I'm a huge defender of this, but I, I th I've kind of defended every beat along the way along the path to to this match, crowning a new champion and you know a new belt, blah blah blah. A lot of there's a lot of people with a lot of a lot of skeptics out there. I've thought everything went pretty worked pretty well up to this point, but I still think on Night of Champions, crowning the crowning the first ever new world champion, maybe that should have gone last. You know, just maybe it should have felt like a bigger deal. I don't know. I don't know. I, I and by the way, I'm all about the anarchy in the arena going last. I, I, I thought it was watching the show. I thought it was kind of dumb that they had the unsanctioned match on the same card and it was not really any more, I mean, it was certainly less grisly than the anarchy in the arena match, but like logically and philosophically, I get the idea setting that aside. I get the idea of 
the no holds barred match that we're not sanctioning goes after the the last match that we sanction, right? Mm. It's just like, you know, we're only taking credit to the first 90% of the show. The, whatever happens after that, we wash our hands of it. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, I mean, you can't deny that the that the Bloodline Sammy KO match was the biggest match of the, on the card, the biggest match of the weekend, probably. Yeah. And the, the, the post-match was so huge that it would have been, been hard to, to move that around. I just don't know if they're going first was the look. For Not, that AJ Seth match, I, I'll tell you this. I think the reason the Seth AJ match went first is because yes, it is Night of Champions, but at the same time, um, it is you. I always want to see the last match be the most emotionally taxing match because mm-hmm. we've seen so many times where the crowd is just so spent afterwards. Oh yeah, that you know they had literally nothing left to give, and like these two guys are killing each other, and nobody really cares that mm-hmm. much, right? So, I mean, I think with the Anarchy in the Arena match and uh, the tag team title match in uh, at Night of Champions, both of those had such emotional crescendos that yeah. anything that would have came after that would have been looked at as, oh, I don't know. That was, I don't know if that was a, the best idea. I understand on the wrestling sort of, in, in the wrestling fan's mind, where if you're the world champion or you're about to be a new world champion, you should always go on last. That should be the last picture we see someone holding up the world title and that's the most important thing on the show but i feel like both of these companies were in such a unique position to deliver on emotionally invested stories that i think you would have been doing seth aj and the pillars simultaneously and i guess adam cole and chris jericho no real favors by putting them after a match that had something that made people so invested in it they feel like oh my god what's next right like i i I don't I don't watch Being the Elite, uh, but, you know, and I don't follow as much of the YouTube show, but the people who do, that Takeshka reveal at the very end uh, Mm -hmm. is just as much of an emotional investment to some people as, uh, you know, the Usos, I mean, Jimmy Uso uh, kicking Roman Reigns, right? Like, there's those things where after that, and I guess even for the commentators too, you know, like, and just the way the story's being told, after that, you want to be able to have a cliffhanger and give people a reason to watch Monday or Wednesday or Friday. Like, if you have a new champion, I'm excited for the new champion, and it's going to be great, but cliffhangers are cliffhangers for a reason. And if the biggest cliffhanger doesn't have to do with a singles title, uh, especially if it's, A, going to somebody that we all long suspected was going to win in Seth Rollins, and for MJF, we all long suspected he wasn't going to lose the title to any three of these guys. I think they were both put in the perfect position to, uh, to uh, you know, have great, great showings. And I think they did that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, let, let me, let's start with the, let's start with the runner-up matches. Let's go through it just a little bit. Okay. Um, Seth AJ, I thought it was a really fantastic match. Like I said, placement aside, it was really good. But, um, and, and I got to tell you, as as much of an AJ proponent as I had been along the way, as soon as Seth came into the arena with everybody singing along, <laughs> I mean that's your champ, right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's it only had to be him. I mean, just reading the context clues, obviously from the Marvel stuff to the video packages to all the promos that Seth and Triple H has said about why this championship is even being created. 
it almost didn't. I mean, it, it would have made sense for AJ to win it, but it also didn't make sense since he was just coming back. And storyline wise, unless you were starting something completely new, uh, it probably didn't make the most sense to put the title on him. But he's over as fuck, man. Like this is like this is like this third or fourth time in his career, he's massively over with a completely different sort of uh, character. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the most he's had to do without any real gold around his waist. So I think. You know, I know we spoke about it last time out, um, but you got to build more. uh, uh, You got to build more trustworthy competition for Roman. And the fact that Seth is as hot as he is right now, and now he has this new world title that he's probably going to defend either every week or every other week or Mm -hmm. on all the PLEs and all that type of stuff. It's only going to elevate him more to where people are going to say, I want to see those two go, go at it one more time. And I think that mm-hmm. was the whole goal this entire time. But I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah. I'm normally against it, but I, but even if they had started, the, kept the order, I mean, I know that, God, the bloodline stuff's just so significant. I was going to say, I would almost have gone for a completely substance-free champion versus champion stare down at the end or something, you know, just like have Seth come out and rub it in Roman's face, just tease for a year from now or something. But I agree. I mean, it was it was a hell of a match. AJ... I'm not sure that he needs a full like uh, like a uh, Met Gala style like leopard skin entrance outfit like Seth has right now, but he needs a little extra something. You know, <laughs> he's got he's got. I mean, he, uh, new tights, maybe um, a little no. bit less, a little bit less of a trim down mustache. I don't know, just a little, just give me a little something new with AJ. Dave, do you do the spouse test when you're watching? Uh- Sometimes, but we, but we, but I, Dom wasn't watching with me this time since, cause I was watching like late at night. I, I'll tell you this AJ failed the spouse test, though. Like, wait, what, what, what wait, <laughs> tell me more. So as soon as she came on, uh, my lady, the first thing she said was, this man's still wearing the same blue tights, yeah. same, <laughs> same long hair, nothing different. Like, she knows Seth, like, she knows Seth mm-hmm. Rollins, and like, she's seen a lot of the different uh, iterations of him. But you know, he came out, did the song, did the hair flip. Had the same blue tights, and you know, I'll, I'll watch it with my lady, and she was like, "Oh man, AJ still still doing the same stuff." So if she notices it, then obviously everybody, a lot of people are gonna notice that. So I don't know if if she passed the the spouse test uh, after that match. We all kind of knew that this this was Seth Seth Rollins's like crowning moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I it was a, it was a really good match, and I, I don't want to take anything away from it. It was, I would say. If you want to compare it to the other match that didn't get the main event billing, I prefer the Four Corners match. That was a hell of a match. I I mean, I called it, but I get to take no credit for how good that match was. They, Those four guys came out. They knew, like you said, they had a tough spot. Uh, they had to get to, they had to wake that crowd up. Everything that had kind of come before, the first half of the Double or Nothing show was a little bit hit and miss. You know, was there was no real narrative arc to the overall thing that get the crowd going. A lot of kind of sloppy, well, not sloppy, but just kind of schmozzy finishes and stuff like that. Um, those four dudes came out and just killed it. Just absolutely killed it. And I was, I mean, I, I, I was expecting a lot, but man, I was impressed every step of the way. Um, I thought Sammy, congratulations uh, to to dad to be Sammy Guevara. I thought he looked particularly spectacular through the whole match. Uh, there were a bunch of good moments in the match. The 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 spot where they all hit their mentors finishers in that a row. That was tight. That was tight. I love that. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean the whole thing with the with the and you know the the only thing is when when MJF pulled the the thing on Sammy, he was like, "You got a baby on the way, dude. Just lie down. Just take the bag <laughs> of money or whatever." Yeah. I thought that was a that was a cool spot. But then the rest of the match, I was just like, and I don't think I was the only one. I was like, "Oh no, who's gonna take? Is Jungle Boy's gonna turn and take that money?" Like, ju- <laughs> like I thought that was the opening. For like a surprising Jungle Boy heel turn, whatever finish or something. Okay. Um, that was, but, but anyway, there was that. Oh, the the um, the Spanish fly onto MJF and Jungle Boy, like to the outside of the ring. I mean, the, dude, the, there was just there was some just incredible moments in this match. Um, and I thought MJF came out looking, you know, he looked good. He looks like, I mean, this is the, you know, MJF's one of these dudes who. Every between every big show, you forget that he can wrestle. That's sort of his gimmick. You know, he comes out, he surprises you. But also it's like it's not just that you remember that he can wrestle. It's walking out of these matches, he feels like a champ. Yeah. You know, I mean, he feels like as big as he could be. And then, you know, sometimes the bill is build isn't always as good. Yeah. So the four pillars match I thought was was excellent because of, you know. Us going in thinking that it was going to deliver, uh, just mm-hmm. physically. Um, I've gotten to the point where I'm less surprised at how good an MJF is, right? Like he might wrestle three times in two months, but every time he does, he bumps his ass off. He has the crowd in the palm of his hands. He does the freak, like he's just so cerebral with everything he does. And you can tell he's never really putting himself in real, true physical harm because the the value in being a guy like him is being available all the time. And he doesn't take unnecessary... Unlike his his three counterparts, like, he takes the least necessary risks uh, physically on his body, you know? And, uh, you know, we, we could say what you want about uh, everything that has gone on with his reign, but out of all of the people on the roster, he's the most championship ready. You know what I mean? Like, he's the one that looks the most like a big deal. And that's everybody in the company, right? Like, he still sounds like, he looks like a big deal, even though he didn't main event the show down to the entrance. I mean, he's he, he looks like he gains 20 pounds of muscle every time I see him. And uh, the, the match itself told a great story just about... Um, their history in AEW. Like, if you love Easter eggs, you mentioned, you know, all four of those guys using, uh, you know, the Crossroads, the Scorpion Death Drop, the Code Breaker, and, uh, gosh, the, the Unprettier, you know, and then there was the moment where, uh, you know, the, they all had four simultaneous submissions on each other. And, you know, there was just, it was just really well put together. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I really enjoyed the match. And the finish was very, very clever uh, with the coffin drop onto the title and Jungle Boy being, you know, the, the I, I like to call them sting faces, like just the stupid sting faces when you're just like, oh, yeah, dude, no, you you, you won't even be a heel if you use a title and then no disqualification four way match. Like the ref is looking dead at you. It's not like you need to sneak this in. It's just, you know, I guess your own personal uh, you know, a moral code of ethics, code of ethics yeah. why you wouldn't do it. So I, all that being said, it all made perfect sense. I think it was enjoyable. I was with Andreas Hale watching the match and, and, and West Side Gun and, and Shaheem Reed. And we just kept, we couldn't stop saying how much fucking we love Sammy Guevara and how 
amazing Sammy Guevara would be if he was like El Guevara and had a mask on because he has such a punchable face that it's hard mm-hmm. to root for. <laughs> like, even like when he came and announced the pregnancy, there was still like a smattering of booze in the crowd or it's just like, all right, but he's just so talented in the ring and just probably one of the smoothest high flyers I've ever seen. Uh, it's like if there's, if there's, he's in the small room of just elite high flyers in the game. It's like him, Ricochet, Ray Phoenix and Commander are just, they could do anything, anything mm-hmm. in, in the sky and, and it's enjoyable. Um, I can't. I've, I've definitely started to come around more in Darby Allen as well. Uh, I thought he he played his role I, to perfection. But yeah, at the end I, of the day, MJF did what MJF did. It was I great. thought low key one of the big wins of this four pillars feud is to bring like everybody's got a everybody's got like two pillars they're in on and two pillars they're not quite in on. And I feel like this feud did a good job of sort of like bringing the pillars you're not. Like, bringing people around on the pillars they're not in on. Does that right. make sense? Yes, yes. And, like, everybody came out of this match just like, no, nah, I like all these guys now. All right. <laughs> now we see where we go forward. I mean, I assume MJF just moves on from all this stuff now and maybe a couple of the other pillars just start feuding or something. But um, but it was fun. It was, it was a really, really good match. Not a great build, but we're talking about this weekend, so this feud is amazing. It was really, really good. Now, on to the big, big finish matches. Mm. Let's start with Anarchy. Uh, do you want to take a few minutes to talk about the guy playing Wild Thing and what seemed to be blackface to start the <laughs> sh- to start the segment? So let me tell you, right? Like I'm watching rehearsals and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, all right, they got a band here. They're, they're practicing the Wild Thing. I'm remembering last year. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be mm-hmm. even doper. Like instead of just playing the song throughout the match, it's gonna have a live band like playing this. And I was like, it was yeah. tight. And imagine my shock <laughs> when I'm looking and I'm not close enough to know if it's either blackface or a mask. Uh, well, nobody really was. It was, but, that was very strange. I mean, but, even the cameras didn't make it super clear. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I didn't know what it was, uh, but it was, <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd go all the way with calling it blackface, but why run the risk? Why run the risk? Why do it? Like, it was a perfectly good rehearsal without it. Like, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't want people talking about it or even questioning if I'm even a, a smidge might have some sort of bigotry in me <laughs> or, or, or do something that might take away from what the main event is. But in, in, in any case, um, it was such a fun match. I got to sit like after uh after i did everything i got to sit like right in the in the, in the madness of it all because i you know i had to i saw rehearsals so i knew where all the action was gonna go i'm like all right i'm gonna plop right here because right when the match kicks off like nick jackson's gonna be here matt jackson's gonna be here they're gonna slide down this this hand railing uh down uh, the t-mobile arena and it's just gonna be violence everywhere so uh it was it was super fun and in a weird way I don't know. Like, aside from the very ending of the match, mm-hmm. the Blackpool Combat Club didn't still doesn't really strike me as like heels yet. Like, I think Don Callis kind of puts them over the top as the heels. As soon as he came out and they played that music, and you know, even the the promos leading up to it, John Moxley just being saying like, "Yeah, we're everything that these people pretend to be," and this yeah. is all the stuff that people cheered loudly for. You know, before they they focus their attention on the elite, right? So I still wasn't like all the way convinced this is a heel babyface match. This is just these are your five or or eight biggest stars uh, on on the company right now. 
that's just gonna happen. Anything goes, falls count anywhere, type of deal. Um, but that being said, man, I came back super impressed with Wheeler Yuta. Um, I know Kenny Omega is always gonna do Kenny Omega things, but I think he kind of he wasn't the dude that really stole the show, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Hangman came out looking like the most badass out of everybody. I mean, Matt and Nick Jackson, the fucking, the, 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 the pyro, the, the, the super powered kick, whatever it was. I don't know what the it was. The exploding super kick? The exploding super kick. I, I think it was, it was a, <laughs> there was a lot of people that was on the fence off. It was cool or not. I thought it was awesome. I God, thought that's it was fantastic. <laughs> I thought it looked great. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I think the, the, the young bucks don't get enough credit for being, as tough as they are, like we were doing the pre-show and everybody was clearly like, you know, this is a match that favors the Blackpool Combat Club. Daniel, Brian Danielson and John Moxley have been in this match before. Uh, so they kind of have experience here, but the Bucks are hardcore, man. Like they, they was, they was going nuts. That multiple Northern Light suplex down the ramp was super fun. Yeah, so super- nice. I would have had so much more to say about the almost black face that the lead singer of the band was saying if the Young Bucks didn't kick his face Didn't kick off. him in the face. Yeah, you got <laughs> I was like, ah, that's a payoff right there. Even if it wasn't planned like that, I was like, ah, okay, no one's going to talk about that right now because we got what was coming. Um, but it was it was just such a fun match. I was looking forward to it all weekend long, and it truly, truly delivered. Um, there were so many cool things in this match. It's impossible to run through them all. Just a weird, like, there are moments in any match like this where you where you wish they would. There's like they're doing a split screen and and you wish they would focus on one thing over the other or like something happens totally off screen and you're confused. But I thought it all was great. I thought the anarchy in the presentation was really just beautifully done. There was a moment where like where like they just cut to Claudio by the ring and like Rick Knox, the referee, was bleeding and nobody knew why and it was just <laughs> like what the hell, John. Later on, John Moxley has like the like pulls out the fork and he's like, oh, like yeah. and after a barbed wire spot, he's covered in blood already. He pulls out a fork and then they go to split screen because Claudio's like doing the doing the giant spin out in the concourse. Like, you know, it's just like there's just so much stuff going on. And then the ending uh with you know Callis coming in and then the 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 the, the Kester run in, I thought was just really, really well done. And when you ten, saw those- ten out of ten pose, by the way, the 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 mask off and the pose to the camera, I was like, oh, that's yeah. a pose, right? That's a heel pose right there. That was great. <laughs> yeah, somebody online said, just imagine if that had been punk, and you're like, well, okay, that <laughs> that's the the only problem with the mask. The only problem with the mask is when it's the guy that you expect it to be. Then what was the what was the mask for? Yeah, I mean, I get like hiding your face as you're running into the arena or whatever, like. In kayfabe, it makes sense to wear a mask. In reality, you know, when you're actually booking it, it's like, yeah, just, it could just be Takeshita. Why not? We all kind of thought it would be him. Um, but that was the pose was great. And then the pose, talking to poses, the post-match pose with the whole combat club and then Callus in the back pointing, you know, with his, pointing to Takeshita. They're together. Are they together? It's like, it's just, just giant. Fa- I mean, it was so, it was really, really well done. It, it looked really good. And then after the show, after it went off the air, Kenny got on the microphone and he said, uh, I gotta I might have to bring in a friend or two to help even the odds. So um I don't know who these friends are. I thought he had all his friends are right there. If he had other friends this whole time, they should they probably could have helped him out at some point prior to now. But um a lot of people are, are making guesses. Who do we think these friends are? I mean, Forbidden Door is the next big event for for AEW. So I mean 
if it's not Kota Ibushi, if it's not uh, Akata, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like those would make like, yeah. those are friends or people that Kenny's had relationships with, people that would make sense to to have at the um, uh, at, at the NGPW AW uh, crossover mm-hmm. show. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's where they're going with it. I, I think um, now they're starting to start to pepper in and and sprinkle in some some. Some New Japan talk, you know, MJF was talking about it in the press conference, saying calling them an indie fed and saying like the best guy that they got over there couldn't lace my boots or or, or whatnot. So I feel like that's the direction that they're they're probably going to go next. Uh, just to add to the fact of of the madness of the match and just what was going on, like I think on TV, I didn't get to see it on TV yet, but I I got it in the arena, right? Like in the arena, it felt like. The Anarchy in the Arena match is fun as hell for the live crowd because it feels like everybody in the crowd gets a ringside seat for at least 10 seconds, right? Like, everywhere in the arena, you are at least this close to somebody in the Blackpool Combat Club or the Elite for at least 10 to 15 seconds. So, like, it's so smart. The music being played throughout, like, just adds to the madness of it. You know what I mean? And, uh... You know, watching it on the big screen, like I, I did see that part when they went to the split screen, and all of a sudden, like S- Claudio is just giant swinging somebody by the concession stand <laughs> or whatever, and then you know, there's a fork being stabbed uh, into Omega's head by Moxley. Um, it was just, it was just fun, fun madness and carnage and violence, and I think it's not over yet. I think uh, you know, with the with the Forbidden Door uh, pay per view coming up soon, yeah. you could only expect some new Japan talent to come in and, and bolster the elite's roster and friendship. What if it's, what if Kenny brings in that blow up doll that he wrestled that one time? Is that, <laughs> it's Kota Ibushi and the nine year old girl that he fought in like, uh, like, like 2012 or whatever that was. Um, she's got to be grown up by now. Gotta uh, be. No, no, I did. No, but that would be so great, man. If they had, to, if they got, I mean, I think Ibushi's the, I mean, is it, is it, you know, it's the one everybody's expecting. But mm-hmm. that other spot, man, if you're right, it could be that could be nuts, man. I think so. I think so. I, I, That's a good look for Forbidden Door, too. You know, you're not, I mean, it's nice to have a big champion match. Who's MJF facing at Forbidden Door? Oh, man, that's a that's a good question. He mentioned he mentioned their legends. So it may not be somebody mm-hmm. who is super active right now. Like it may be Okada. It may be. Tanahashi, it may be, you be know, one of those dudes. So I think I think Tanahashi MJF would be uh, a sleeper banger if, mm-hmm. if if they ever got together. But the the him using the word legend, let me know it's going to be one of those one of those New Japan pillars, right? Like yeah. one of those guys. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, we mentioned the exploding super kick. Uh, oh, if you didn't, did we mention the thumbtacks in the mouth spot? Oh, I don't know. That oh, was the, thumbta- gr- the thumbtacks on the feet spot. That oh, was yeah. the... We've, we've seen the bare feet thing oh. before. I like the bare feet gimmick. But it was like he mi- he avoided... Was that, that was Nick, right? He avoided the uh, avoided the barefoot on the thumbtacks, but then got his face dropped on the thumbtacks as a result, which Oof. I'm not sure if that was a good trade-off. I mean, the feet hurt, but come on. Yeah, and um, the, 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 metaverse, the metaverse Jordan 1s that flew into the crowd and <laughs> oh, people were chanting, throw it back, throw it back, <laughs> just because dude's foot was just covered in thumbtacks. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, the what, crowd played a great role into that, what did, too. What did you think about... What did you think about Wheeler Yuta getting the pin? Great. 
that, that was that was another thing that surprised me that I really enjoyed. Because of course it surprised you. I don't. I think that surprised literally everybody watching the match. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the point of him just being in his crew, regardless? I mean, like between him and I guess for to a to a much much lesser extent, Adam Page. Those are the guys that they've both been grooming to be top guys from them, right? The Blackpool Combat mm-hmm. Club was originally started to be like, hey, we're gonna give all of our mentorship and this fierceness and this violence to this young lion and if you can't give him moments like this that doesn't necessarily have to be a championship win or or a big title win or something like that but pinning Kenny Omega to end the paper giving him the moment yeah is a huge moment for him so I thought it was I thought it was a great choice it was a smart choice because if I think the elite won the elite one, I think everybody would have thought Wheeler Yuta would probably have to eat the pin but right. him getting the pin was a nice flip on that I so thought there was actually more this is my this is my hot take on this one. Okay, I kind of feel like Wheeler Wheeler Yuta. I'm not going to complain about him getting the pin. I kind of feel like him making that making the winning pin is just a corollary of him taking the pin of him of him being there to eat the pin. It's like him getting the pin basically just meant that nobody else got the bragging rights. Yes, right. Like we don't we don't know we don't know we don't really know we don't have a specific line that we want this feud to go in because we're actually going to keep them feuding as as units. So rather than give Moxley or Danielson a big win, I mean a big a, a big like you know pinfall victory over Kenny Omega, we'll just give it to the kid. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Maybe maybe we can use that in three years or something. I don't know. Um, I, I, that's probably not the way that I would have gone, but it's fine. how would you have yeah. gone? Uh, probably. I just don't think it would have ever occurred to me, dude. I don't think it would have ever occurred to me to give Wheeler. <laughs> although I mean, you to look good. Uh. I probably would have, I mean, maybe it would have gone with Claudio, you know, like, let him get some shine in that moment. If we're, if we're not going to go with one of the obvious ones. Uh, but, I, you know, there's, there's, there, there's a lot of people involved in the match. I just thought there was so much schmoz. There was so much whatever else. It's like, just, just let's have a big convincing, you know, give Brian Danielson pins Kenny Omega moment. If you're not, if you want to do so, just why not? Why not? Um, but I, but he, I mean, everybody came out of this looking great. I thought Matt Jackson was a huge star of the night. Him taking like in that in-game segment. I mean, he just looked like a million bucks. Oh God! And eating the, and the Marvel. Did he? Did he catch the Marvel sequence when Kenny Omega turned into oh, Captain yeah. America? Was throwing the trash can and then Cesaro did the the Winter Soldier and caught that. I was like, uh-huh. oh, that's. And he had a little the little Captain America knee pad on too. I thought that was a, 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 a super fun spot. Uh yeah, but Matt yeah you're right. Matt Jackson was kicking ass that that entire that entire match was great. Yeah, oh I I mean it was a, it was a really stupendous match. I mean they it just really really good. Love seeing all those guys out there and brawling and stuff. And now I'm uh, I'm excited to see what they do next. I mean this is the. I mean we said it last time. You know we had a four pillars match, but these this match these guys are the institutions of this company. You know this is where people are going to line up and 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 buy tickets and well them and. That guy Phil from Chicago, but but you know it, this is it's a it's a big deal, and yeah. and I and I really and I thought they really did a good job of this. Now over onto the other company, we had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending the unified tag titles against Roman Reigns and uh and um Solo Sokoa, who Roman wanted to walk out with all seventeen titles or whatever he would be up to <laughs> if he won that. Um, it was a really good match. It was a whole lot of fun. Uh. One of the coolest things, I mean, we've said we've said it before. One of the coolest things about doing all these different international shows is just watching the, you know, who gets the crowd behind them in some of these places. But, dude, there was nothing more 
kind of like heartwarming than seeing than watching Sami Zayn oh. getting the reaction from the crowd, both in the presser and in and at, at the event uh, after boycotting, you know, Saudi Saudi shows for so long. Whoever um, says whoever says pro wrestling can't help bring the world just a little bit closer together has never mm-hmm. met Sami Zayn, bro. Like we said it for weeks leading up to this pay-per-view. It's like, oh, well, they got to drop the titles, right? You know, Sami's not going to Saudi Arabia. He can't do that. And, you know, the more I educated myself on on the relations between Syria and Saudi Arabia and how mm-hmm. diplomatically things have changed since, uh, you know, WWE first started going over there, it only gave you more hope. And the fact that yeah. Sami is a massive star now um, and he came out in a traditional um clothing with the title on and speaking in Arabic uh in the pre-show to do the intros and nobody really letting Mike Rome <laughs> do an intro to that match. Um yes, a lot of people were upset that the World Heavyweight Championship tournament finals wasn't the main event. But like I said earlier in the show, emotional payoffs are usually 10 times better than title payoffs almost all the time. And yeah. even though Sammy didn't get his moment in Montreal, if you would have told me he would have been standing victorious in Saudi Arabia with two titles and looking down at Roman Reigns on top of the title, like I, I, you can't tell me that's not just as satisfying an ending for Sammy, short of you know him being the the you know universal slash uh, heavyweight champion. Um, it was it was heartwarming, man. Like it was it was beautiful to see. Like and, and you could tell how much it meant to him. Like if you follow him on Instagram, he went to Mecca. Him and him and uh, Mustafa Ali went to Mecca yeah. and did traditional prayers and and did all that type of stuff. And a lot of times, man, it's bigger than wrestling. It's bigger than your titles. It's bigger than you know the booking decisions that you want to make, man. Like you got to think how if, if you love Sami Zayn, like you all convinced us we do from the first half of this entire year. This was his WrestleMania moment. Like this is bigger than a WrestleMania moment to him. You know what I mean? Like he performed main evented and won mm-hmm. in a country that we probably didn't think he would be able to do not talk less of two years ago one year ago so uh forget the quality of the match just those moments alone made sense for it to end the show and 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 be it's the true. main event of that yeah it's true they i mean they they definitely it definitely earned it um uh and the match itself was really, really good. I mean, and the and the and the image. We'll talk about the ending in just a second. But the image, the lasting image in that match is Sami Zayn up on the second rope, looking over Roman Reigns cowed on the floor after the match and holding up his tag team title. You can't you have know? these. You can't yeah. have these. That was that was the the line right there, which I love. Yeah, and Michael Cole's on there, just like this is the end of the empire. The whole thing, you know, this this entire. Well, I, I'm guessing they'll find a way to string it out for another, you know, six <laughs> six or eight months or something, but. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the bloodline, as it were, seems to be fractured anew. Uh, during the match, the, the Usos came out and super kicked Sammy and, you know, we're, we're working the pro, the pro bloodline angle only to accidentally double super kick Solo Sokoa. Roman Reigns gets involved. He's like, get out of my ring. He's, 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 you know, punking out Jay. And then Jimmy of all people Mm. comes in with the super kick. Jay's like, what are you doing, dude? We've been here before. This is like a bad dream we're having over and over again. And then he's like, no, I'm your brother. I would never do that to you. You know, I would never treat you like that. I'm doing what you should have done months ago, which was a yeah. real, I thought the real poignant line. And he uh, did, and he did him the favor of not doing it for him. He's like, don't worry, I got you. 
And then that yeah. second super kick was the one. Like the first one was like still kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't know. But the, you know, that's the, for the fourth pay-per-view in a row, a spot wasn't the biggest spot. Mm-hmm. Dialogue was the biggest spot. Yeah. Right? And, you know, Jimmy telling Jay, like, you're my brother. I would never do you like that. I would never do him like that. And you yeah. know what? I'm going to do what you should have done a long time ago. I got you. And then kicks him again and gives him that look. I was like, ooh, ooh. And the fact that he said, I would never do you like that, too, mm-hmm. also leaves a little crease in the door, in my opinion, for what Go I on. think, for what I think should be the main event at SummerSlam. You know? Which is what? Which is an oos in every corner for the WWE Universal Championship. Solo, Jimmy. We have four corners match? Four corners, bloodline explodes. Okay, so the rumors coming out, there's been a lot of different rumors in different directions, but the rumors that I that I trust coming out of Night of Champions was that they're going to shotgun a Usos versus Solo and Roman match for Money in the Bank. Okay, in the UK. So, so that we can just, you know, get that done. And then that one, I think the idea being that Roman gets a straight up championship defense at SummerSlam. Um, but it's unclear who that would be. Uh, if we don't, if they don't go the route of someone within the bloodline getting the shot, I mean, are there any comers on SmackDown that would make sense to, to work on a, a, a show that big? Yeah, I mean, it's London. So I mean, you could do Drew. There's there's Drew lurking in the bushes. You know, I mean, who hasn't Is really he on done SmackDown anything? Now I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But he's been lurking long enough that it wouldn't shock me if he popped up and he made he helps you know main event Money in the Bank mm-hmm. against Roman. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of there's a new cast of characters. That I don't think Roman has even touched on yet. Uh, obviously, the AJs of the world, the Bobby Lashleys. Um, all those guys, but if you're not doing, they should a have AJ just do like the King Booker gimmick. Now they got to do something with him. Just have AJ start speaking in a British accent and try to get <laughs> over with the UK fans, <laughs> just for that show. Country ass, Georgia ass, AJ Styles in a UK European accent would. He did win the WWE title there. Yeah, yeah, that is true. He did. There's there's something there. Be, beat my man Jinder for the world title. Uh, SummerSlam, but SummerSlam's in Detroit. So who do you think it's going to be Roman versus in Detroit? Um, if it's a, if it's a solo match, I mean, I could see a world where we get back to Roman versus Cody too. Uh, before before WrestleMania, I could see I could see that possibly happening. But I just think with less Cody's going to run out of things to injuries to have mid during the match. Yeah, that's to, what I'm saying. To propel the storyline, <laughs> he, he passed out from a broken arm, which I didn't know you could do. But I mean, he did it. First of all, <laughs> well, let's talk about that match. But first, let's give a shout out to Ilja Dragunov, who may have actually broken his arm during his match and kept going. I, that, I don't know what happened to that guy, but the pictures, if you, if you haven't seen him, look online. The pictures of his left forearm just look like he got run over by a tractor. Yeah. Um, that's a mad, that's a madman right there. I love me some Dragunov. <laughs> yeah. So, so Cody, they, uh, Cody and Brock, it was a fun little match, you know? I mean, it was, it was kind of exactly what you would expect. Yeah, sometimes we had those like Brock squashes, and you're like, ah, eh, you know, the, the counterintuitive argument was like, actually, that's exactly the Brock match that I want, yes. you know, like whatever. But, um, but you know, this was pretty much the Brock match that I want. A little bit longer, we got the nice reversals. He actually looked like Cody could like hurt him, you know, that part of it was cool, and and you know, Cody looked good. 
But Cody, I swear to God, they're going to give Cody another like career-threatening injury in every big match just to sort of to up the stakes. By the time he gets back in the ring with Roman Reigns, he's going to be like the Tin Man <laughs> or the, whatever. <laughs> that was fun, and Cody ends up passing out, uh, doesn't actually quit. He gets the, but he loses the match. Referee stoppage. Um, it feels to me, I don't know if we're, we're looking at money in the bank or what, but it feels to me like this is, that Brock is getting, Brock is getting shined up for a for a Seth Rollins match. I think so. I think so. It wouldn't shock me if if Brock Lesnar was the first person to put Seth on his ass after uh, after the, uh, this big celebratory moment. Um, Brock Lesnar has sort of turned into like the main event gatekeeper now, right? Like after this mm-hmm. Roman, after this Roman, uh, um, I guess trilogy we call it, or quintilogy. Uh, <laughs> that ended uh, last year's SummerSlam. It almost seems like you can't you can't make your way up back to the to the big show uh, without going through Brock. And I think True. that's kind of what happened with Cody. And I think as much as Seth has been shined back up, uh, you know, in the past year, uh, Brock Lesnar is still the ultimate. You know, he, he's the ultimate co-signer, right? Like, if you could hang with Brock, I mean, now, well, yeah, he's like the new Undertaker, basically. Yeah. He's like he's the he's the semi-main. You know, I mean, yeah. he's like, and and, he, and if he's not in the main event picture, then his match is always going to be huge. Yes, but what, I mean, now the question is, like, the whole my whole kind of subliminal question going through this Cody Rhodes feud is like, is Cody just going to beat him? Like, is because <laughs> Cody gonna is Co- sorry, I just looked at the window. I have a giant like yellow beach ball for my kids in the backyard that's just rolling on its own across the yard with the wind. I'm just like, what the hell is going on out there? Um, yeah, I'm no, about to, I'm like, about to Cody, fire up the charcoals in like t- 30 minutes myself. <laughs> what'd you say? I said, I'm about to fire up the charcoals myself in about 30 minutes. Uh, and I hear you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I was like, just Cody just going to beat Brock Lesnar? Like then what happens to Brock? You know, that's sort of the problem with Brock. He can, I mean, you can reheat him so easily, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it is a big statement when somebody beats him. If they throw him in there with Rollins, you know, Rollins has got to win, right? Rollins has got to legitimize this reign. So how badly is Brock going to beat him on the way to losing to him to sort of validate Brock's continued existence? I don't know. It's an interesting balance they have to walk there. Um, but, but that feels, Right. And now Cody can, I mean, I don't know, does Cody need any more real life rehab or is he just going to go chill by the pool for a little while? Not like drug rehab, but like he's not <laughs> really injured. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to figure out what we're doing with him next too. I don't know. And there's a lot of big questions coming out of this. What do you do with Cody? What do you do with, uh, well, we think we know what they're going to do with, uh, with, with Seth, but, and, and we're, we're fantasy booking Brock. Um, what do you do? Here's a good one. What do you do with Bianca Belair? She just lost her cheered, her heavy her, her women's championship to Oscar uh in a really cool spot where Oscar like had missed the mi- missed the mist mm-hmm. earlier in the match but then got some mist on her fingers and did the old the old goo in the eye trick uh to get the to get the win it looked like Bianca was was you know um th- getting kind of upset throughout the course of the match i don't know if this is a heel turn we're teasing if this feud is going to be the one that does it. Uh, but what do you, I don't know. I mean, do you think there's a rematch of what we're going to get next? I mean, where do you think we go from here feud-wise and character-wise? Um, I guess, I guess real life-wise, Bianca could use a break, right? Like mm-hmm. she is, I mean, we we see it all the time. Anytime we do anything WWE, Bianca Belair is, does every media event, does every make-a-wish. We call her John Cena for a reason. Like she is literally taking the mantle as 
the the flag bearer of the company outside of the WWE. Um, mentioned a bunch of times that, you know, that Hulu show is dropping very soon. So it would make sense for her to kind of like go and promote that for a while. But as far as what she does next, I think a lot of people are uh, projecting a heel turn for Bianca. And I don't think we're quite there yet. Right. Like, I think I think it's going to take a little bit more of, you know, a little bit more seasoning, I would say, to really get Bianca into a place where she has to turn, uh, you know, her, her change her attitude. Right. Um, but there's also a world where I don't know if, if the juice is worth the squeeze to turn Bianca heel as much as me personally. I would love to see it just because I thought she was a great heel in NXT. And I think you'd be able to see a little bit more of her real personality if she gets to be, you know, just a lot less uh, smiley, happy-go-lucky all the time and could mm-hmm. be a little bit sharper and come back at people. And heels are cool anyway. And Bianca's cool as hell. So I think she'd give a nice new spin on what a female heel would be in WWE. But that being said, I don't think the time is right quite. Yet, I think you hold that heel turn until like a SummerSlam or a Survivor Series or, you know, a nice when when she, when you when she has a nice road path or roadway to either the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, I think that's when you make the turn because, yeah, she lost the title, but she's been champion for over a year. So she got some mist yep. in the eyes. And, you know, I don't think that's enough for somebody to say, OK, fuck everybody who supports me. I'm going to go and do underhanded things to, to win my title back. Uh, but I think. I think they'll get there. I think there's a lot of ways and opportunities and paths that you can get Bianca to kind of change her attitude a little bit. But I think a change is necessary, though. Like, I, agree. I do think, you know, that she has done a lot with the, you know, smiley, pink ponytail swinging, uh, you know, EST sort of stuff, right? I think... You know, there's, there's, she's done a lot with that character and there's little layers that I don't think she's even got to peel back yet because she's done it so well. So uh, a lot of people think that a heel turn is coming very soon. I would say, let it cook for a little bit. Let that shit sit simmer. Like we let the Roman Reigns heel turn simmer and then you'll see it pay off much more if that's the route you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for the. I'm excited for the potential for change. Yes, I think that so we we talked about it before. I think it's time, and it's and and this is, and I'm glad it was Oscar. I mean, Oscar's. I don't know if she's going to be able to hang on to that title for long, but she's a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, she's absolutely working at her the peak of her powers right now, and and man, I mean, what if it was a fun match? I, you know, and and I love. I mean, I just love. I just love her. I just I love Oscar, and I hope that Bianca. I mean, I you know, ever since we started talking about Bianca and potentially the Street Profits alongside her, working a little bit heel. I mean, that's got me intrigued. I, re- I that's what I, I, we've been fantasy booking this forever. Let's make it happen, WWE. Let's go have some fun. All right. And the other women's match. Uh, oh, we got two other women's matches: the Rhea Ripley and Italian match, kind of a squash, but the Becky Lynch Trish Stratus match. Um, Trish wins, uh, with a little help from the outside. First of all, I just want to say Trish looked like, uh, like Trish, like Trish, like, <laughs> prime, like, 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 like Trish in her prime. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody went and got her from the multiverse from 2001 and just dropped her to 2023 and didn't miss a single beat. She looked great. Obviously huge credit to Becky Lynch for helping that. I mean, for making that match look so good. 
Um, and I love how the Kill Bill uh, outfit sort of like ties in with oh, yeah. Saudi customs. It still looks badass and still looks cool and doesn't look like oh, Every, all, this all of the women looked great yes. in their in their outfits. They 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 finally figure that out. Yes. Now I wish the dudes would have to do it too. I wish there was like a pay per view a year where like all the dudes had to wear some <laughs> very specific outfit just to see what the uh, cool things they would come up with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't hurt that Bianca's like also like a master seamstress also. So like anything she cooks up is probably yeah. gonna look fire but yeah it's, it's I would have done a little bit more of the blue like figure out a, a way to get more more mist involved if Bianca's <laughs> gonna be out there in the white you know rather than just have a few dots of mist like that kind of got stuck on her back or whatever just let's have her drenched in it Bianca's you know? so good and talented it wouldn't shock me if she like knitted up like a fucking windshield wiper for her face <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like, somebody like shoots mist on her and she just invents some like face Side windshield wiper. What movie was that when they just had like the windshield wiper glasses? Was that like a Nickelodeon show or something? Was that like Inspector Gadget? I don't know. I forgot what it was. <laughs> uh, almost certainly it was in Inspector Gadget at some point. Yeah. I know what you're talking about though. I feel like was that one of the, it was like a parody movie or something. Yeah. Oh, you know what it was? Oh, oh, it was I think it was Saved by the Bell. The, the dude that owned the Max. Remember the dude? He had windshield wiper glasses. I think. I'm pretty but sure. Also, when DX had the windshield wiper face yes. things, when when, uh, when Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter was the was the was the you know the guy they were yeah. Got to talk to, to, to Sean and Hunter. Be like, yo, those windshield wipers. What, what can I do? <laughs> you still got those? <laughs> the only the only match from Night Champions we haven't discussed is Gunther versus uh, Mustafa Ali. Uh, Ali was just over like crazy. Over like Rover, man. It was great. Um, the crowd was going absolutely nuts. This was like just the most perfect distillation of, you know, the scrawny baby face against the big, the big monster heel with the crowd totally living and dying on every near pin. Oh, speaking of the crowd, uh, can I, can I get my hot take off now? Go. I think the Saudi crowd is a top five wrestling crowd in the world. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they, they go nuts for everything mm -hmm. they are invested in every fucking thing that they do when wwe comes over there i put the saudi crowd up there with the new york's the chicago's the uk's that type of like and i know it, obviously with everything that goes on you could feel how you feel about the politics of it all but just sure. uh, the the fans the way they're invested in people who have zero investment in the United States, Mansoor was like Stone Cold Steve Austin for like three years <laughs> over there. Like Ali, who, you know, hasn't won a match of importance since WrestleMania uh, like four years ago for, for the Cruiserweight title. Over. You know what I mean? Like everybody who came out, like Seth Rollins, over. Like they are engaged. I, lo I, lo I love those shows. I love that it's in the afternoon too, so we could watch it in the middle of the day and go about <laughs> oh, the rest man. of our day. I, I love I, those afternoon shows. I love the Saudi crowd, man. They are they are locked in every on every single person. They're invested in everybody. There's no bathroom breaks for them. Like they yeah. are they are they are excited for everybody. It's it's weird. I'm not it's weird. True. It's awesome. It's true, and and Ali looked incredible too. I mean, he just he well, he is a, incredible. He is no, incredible. he is, yeah. he is. But he made the most of that moment, and, and hopefully, better things will come of it for him. I, I mean, think we, so. There's going to be a pretty interesting reset on Raw tonight, just to see where a lot of these characters go. I mean, obviously on SmackDown this week too, we get we'll have some some a lot a lot more bloodline storyline payoff. Feels uh, like the, the offing. Feels like the draft was like the soft reset, and like now this week is like okay, now this is. 
a new show, right? So there, there may be. I mean, there may be some more call ups. I mean, there may be some more NXT folks showing up on the main roster now. We can whiz through a little bit of battleground, um, but it wouldn't shock me if, dude, half the people on this card ended up on the main roster. You know, I mean, in the in the very near future, whether it's the Creed brothers, whether it's Braun, um, you know, like even like Dragonov, you know, yeah. whatever. Like you, like if he's arm permitting. I mean, I think there's a lot of there's there were a lot of cool things and the, uh, there were a lot of really good looks in the show. Tiffany Stratton is your new NXT Women's Champion and just looks about as good as she possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, Great match. Dragunov, as mentioned, just won that last man standing match and just brutalized himself in the process. Um, he's got a he's he's sort of he's sort of like the Ja Morant of wrestling, where it's just like every and I did not we're not talking about guns here, where it's just like <laughs> at every like at every opportunity. I was like, we're not talking about Arn Anderson right now. <laughs> no, it's like at every opportunity, John Morant just throws himself towards the rim at like 200 miles an hour, you know, and you're just like, okay, maybe we could just work on a fallaway jumper or something. Maybe that a just, floater. A floater yeah. works. A floater works. You know, <laughs> Just something to keep you from being in like a high, le- highly leveraged, like dangerous situation every five five minutes of the yeah. game. Yeah. Um Dragonov only knows one speed, man. And it's it's like self-sabotage, but it's incredible to watch. God. Those, um, U- those UK dudes, those NXT UK dudes, like I don't think there's a single one of them that I'm not massively impressed by at every single premium live event. Mm-hmm. Even even Noam Dar and, and Dragon Lee oh, were, were Noam awesome. Dar was so cool. His little crew that he's got now looks yes. like like it's gonna Shout be a lot of fun. Jakara Jackson, Lash Legend. Yeah, uh, that's going to be really fun as well to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, back to Ilya. He's a guy that I could I could totally see, you know, given given Gunther that work. I mean, if 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 we're talking about eventually moving Gunther into world title consideration, which makes the most sense, I think, soon enough. Um, and the fact that you have a world heavyweight champion now, your your mid card's kind of back. So. If there's a guy that I think takes the title off of Gunther uh, very soon, I mean, who's against Ilya Dragunov showing up on on Raw one night and what? and challenging for the Ingoddle title? Well, there and were rumors for a while that he might join Imperium, which is sort of interesting. I'm not quite sure if that's the right if that's the best look for him. But mm-hmm. as you were saying that, it did occur to me: what if you know Gunther is like made the IC title so meaningful? What if he like bestows it on somebody when he's Ooh. ready to move up instead of losing and moving on? What if it's like a member of Imperium or just someone he's wrestling who he has enough respect for that he's just like, you've earned this. You've kept the ring <laughs> sacred. Yeah. And just, you know. Um, and he's yeah, beat it's him like before. the end of a video. It really is. It's oh. just like you, <laughs> you, you've, you've accomplished your goal. Here's your prize. That could be um, interesting. That could be an interesting Imperium story. Instead of bestowing it on, uh, you know, Fabian or or, uh, or the other one, I forgot. What's, what's the other one's name? The one that does the intro? Um, Marcel. I, Marcel. Yeah, Marcel and Fabian. It would be hilarious if he was just like, Ilya Dragunov, the last person to pin my shoulders to the mats. Here you yeah. go. And now you're part of Imperium. And now these guys are just like, Dude, what about <laughs> so, like, that? Could be interesting. now you listen to him. It's now a you listen to this time. guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of being impressed, you know, who impressed me on this show. Oh, Braun freaking Breaker. He's back. He got his. He's got his mojo back, man. Like he was. He, li- 
He was he, I, he worked a good match, man. He looked yes. like the ring general. No, you know, not not no no Imperium reference. Well, he's intended. got the most, he's got the most main event experience out of everybody in the NXT roster. I mean, yeah, all, we were talking about how Melo had more ring experience than him. I mean, from the start, you know, Melo Carmelo had been wrestling for seven years or something before he showed up in in, in Florida, right? Uh, I mean, Braun really looked like the experienced dude in this match at times. It was he looked really really good, and that spear that he got off. The, I mean, that there, there was. Is he? I don't, we don't really do spear rankings in WWE, but man, he's he might have the best spear. He's climbing up. The, he's definitely climbing up the ranks for sure, for sure. Um, I think we said this a few months ago about. Oh, I said it a few months ago. Just how I just thought Braun Breaker got boring, and you know, oh, he and, did. And he was right. Like, um, I think this is all in preparation for what he is now, though. Right? Like, I felt like. Uh, earlier in this run, all those main events with Ziggler and 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 uh, all the other guys that came down from NXT from WWE and you know working all those main events at, at these NXT events has prepared him to be that sort of ring general now. And I think he that heel persona that he's taken on since um, NXT Stand and Deliver was right on time. It fits more to what I think he should have been. But again, you you don't know how much you need something until you've lived without it for so long, right? And Babyface Braun, which established him as a hell of a worker, made him a little boring. And right at the moment where uh, people were starting to get tired of him and sick of him or whatever, and just ready for him to move on to the main roster, now you're just like, oh, okay, he could probably stick around for a little bit as his badass heel. But, you know, now losing two NXT title matches in the road to Carmelo Hayes, I think now that's all up in the air. Who knows where he goes from here? Uh, but he was, he's, he's, he's really impressed me lately in, the, in this heel run. He's been awesome. He could, he's, he's smacked down ready now, I think. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think that the issue with them is going to. I asked you last week if he's going to if he's going to be called up as a babyface or a heel because my assumption was that they would call him up as a babyface to rework the heel turn gimmick, basically, right? <laughs> okay. Because it's like it worked once, like it it's got him to the good spot. We're just going to put him in the put him in as a babyface. We can fast track a turn, etc. Now I'm worried that if he gets called up as a heel, he's going to be too over to be a heel. Like, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I don't That's know. True. He could, he could, he, um, I can see him being called up for somebody being somebody's muscle. I can see him being uh, no. being a surprise. Mm. You know, something. You know, but eh, what do you think? He's he's not that big, dude. He's not actually that big. Well, on not the main muscle, roster. not muscle in the sense of like imposing, but like a hired gun, a mercenary. Something like that, you know what I mean? Somebody just come and just get sure. kick somebody's ass. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? I don't know where they go from here now. That's the that's the one thing. I, I don't necessarily see him going back down the car, and I don't necessarily know any blood feuds. No, I think it's time for the main. Like. I think it's definitely time for the main roster for him. I'm just interested. I I, I just don't know who it's going to be. I mean, I just don't. I mean, like where it's going to be, or uh, you know how they're going to actually do it. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued for sure. Does does um, does an Austin Theory Braun Breaker feud tickle your fancy for the U.S. title? Say it again. Does an Austin Theory Braun Breaker U.S. title feud tickle your fancy? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I never didn't really think about it. That's got me. I'm more interested in that than I think a lot of the things or, that you can do with that title. Or Braun Breaker as Austin. I feel like Braun and Austin Theory are just kind of like. Going to be involved somehow. Like, he's either going to be... With each other? With each other. They're either going to be rivals or, like, he's going to become, like, you know, Austin Theory's little, like, 
little doldger, right? Like go and handle my light work type of dude. And I don't know. They kind of, it, it fits I mean, to me. It fits to me for some reason, you know? Yeah. They look like dudes who would like, you know, they're go both on under spring 25. break together. Yeah, they both, they both, they both hit the gym super hard. You can tell they're gonna do mad push-ups for each other, and like you, you can't do two. I'll do two hundred push-ups, bro. And they just fucking, you know, what I mean, do those little quick, <laughs> quick shits. Um, it's like when you're in Brooklyn, when you live in Brooklyn, and like on a, a Memorial Day weekend, you go outside, you realize that the neighbors are already cooking out, and you're like, oh, cool, maybe we can share. And you look over the fence, and they got their shirts off, you know, and you're just like, oh. I don't uh, think our parties are going to go. I don't think our parties are going to mix. Here, oh, it's, you know? one, it's one of those nights. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'll just stay here. I'll watch. Um, yeah. Uh, no, maybe. I, I, I could see that. I, th- I just, I, I think that, I think you got to, if, especially if you're going to work heel, I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's a darkness to Braun that they really got to push. Not just the heelness. I feel like there's a darkness to him. And I don't yeah. mean like he's got to go full, like, House of Black, but like there's, I don't know. I think there's more, there's more room there, more for them to mine. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think you could kill two birds with one stone doing Braun Break and Austin Theory. Austin Theory, as accomplished as he is, a lot of people really don't give a fuck about him. And I think it's because he's as much as he just kind of talks. <laughs> I think it's because John Cena won't stop talking shit about him. Well, that that too, that too. But I think you know, uh, I think he needs a heater. I think Braun would be a great heater for Austin Theory, and. It would He's, be fun to do a heat to do to get those two guys. You do Austin Theory, Braun. Maybe if you get one more person and just do like a like a new blood angle, just like okay. we're taking on, we're we're like taking out all you old timers, yeah, sort of stuff. Like something along the lines of, I think it works because he's already the U.S. champion. Uh, he could come in, Braun could come in and sort of protect that title for him long mm-hmm. enough to where it's like. Oh, we actually like this guy Braun more than Austin Theory, right? Yeah. Like his offense is way more aesthetically pleasing. He's going to be spearing people through the fucking ring for him. And it's going to happen long enough where Braun's kicking so much ass. He's like, you know what? Nah, I want your title. And now you give a fuck about Austin Theory and you get Braun Breaker into something that sort of makes uh, people interested in him, whether mm-hmm. he's a heel or a baby face. So uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, could, I could see them going that way if that's the route they take after this feud. Yeah. Or just have maybe Dolph Ziggler starts a new version of Legacy where it's just multiple <laughs> generations of dudes with eight packs. And it's uh that's what they have in common. They gotta call it uh uh abolition. Abolition yeah. is a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of crunches no one sees. <laughs> Done. Take Ab- it, man. Call W call your boys right now and call them Abolition. Get the trademark ready, baby. I need my pets up to set. Abolution. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, who would be, who would be the old guy in Abolution? Would it, be, it would be like daddy ass, right? Like, you'd have to call Billy Gunn. You can call, you get Billy Gunn back. <laughs> Just like, yo, we got this thing. We know this, the this acclaimed thing is doing really well. But hear me out, yo. Abolition. Um, Just the different eras of Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> then, oh, my gosh. Who is, it, who is the oldest dude with abs? Oh gosh! I mean, it's got—it's got to be—it's got to be Daddy Ass, right? Like he's he's sixty next week. He's turning sixty. Wow. <laughs> he's turning sixty years old. Let me double check that. I'm almost pretty sure this man is in the AARP. Does Bob back? You think Bob Backlund's got some abs under there? He's like an old guy who's still in shape. Could we he get him a, out here? He's in pretty good shape. He's in pretty good. Yes, Billy Gunn is fifty-nine years old. Oh my god, yeah. He's he wins. He wins. Get him in there. Get him in abolition. 
sell the shirts and it just like crop tops too right like it's just <laughs> fucking it's just ezekiel elliott type shirts and everybody just walks around with their belly out just like washing clothes on each other's stomach annoying the fuck out of people <laughs> god this is a fantastic idea we gotta uh i don't know i mean edge could be part of evolution right he's got a, he's got some abs now he's got some abs. He's got, like old man abs he's got some old man abs got, there's a little there's a little flab around there but you <laughs> you let that rock when you're at that age like i see that see no we gotta we gotta find the we gotta find the right dude maybe <laughs> what about kurt angle yeah. kurt angle's in there kurt angle's still kind of ripped well i was i was actually thinking kurt but he's got so he's got he's not really like the ab he's not abs forward he's got the abs but you don't <laughs> just think of him and think of his abs yeah you're right you're i don't right. know I, we, we gotta do some more thinking about evolution but this is definitely <laughs> it's this is definitely a winning idea. <laughs> Evolution. If they don't do it, I'll do it. Fuck it. <laughs> um, let's run through the rest of Double or Nothing before we get out of here. Um, Orange Cassidy retained the IC or the International Championship in the Battle Royal. Uh, it was a fun match. I mean, there were some cool spots in it. Um, I think if it had been if the first half of the show had been a little bit better overall, I would have more you know, loving memories of this match. Oh, I wonderful did like ending, last, by the way. Yeah, yeah the I know. With Swerve doing the little, like, uh, Wiley Coyote grab. I yeah. hope that we go to an OC Swerve feud after this because I think there's a lot of a lot of good times to be had there. Oh, they um, kick, he kicked ass this weekend, man. He's uh, Swerve is so... he. First off, he's put on, like, t- 20 pounds of muscle. Like, he looks huge now. Uh, Put him in charge of the dojo, man. There are a lot of there are a lot of guys on this show that don't seem to have gained a lot of weight in their time being full time wrestlers. Yeah, it's like Swerve and MJF are the only people that are like, oh yeah, I got a lift too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, uh, but nah, I thought I thought their last uh, back and forth between him and Orange Cassidy was great. I wouldn't mind them seeing them run it back for the inter- international oh, love it championship. Love it. I'd be dying. Uh The Cole Jericho match was sort of blah. Uh, it's apparently, apparently we're setting up a Soraya and Jericho versus, uh, versus, um, Adam Cole and Britt Baker match for, for dynamite this week. Yeah. Um, Wasn't the biggest fan of that match. I thought it could have been a lot better. And I think the Sabu thing was a little random, even though it was cool to see him put motherfuckers through tables for like five seconds. I was like, "Eh, we could have lived without that. <laughs> nah, I mean, I was just like a like it, it was cool, and then as soon as but as soon as he did it, I was just like, dang, Sabu broke his ribs. Like he's too old to be doing that stuff. <laughs> nah, uh, he was he was kicking it back. He was kicking it like right after the match. No, sure. the I was oh, he's great, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> still no, got it's it. Good. Um, after the FTR match against uh, Jarrett and Lethal was a lot of fun as as expected. Uh, I really liked. Um, well. Karen Angle hitting Aubrey Edwards with the guitar, I thought was, you know, obviously a highlight of the night for a lot of people. That was uh, it was, you know, a cool like ref bump spot, very old school setup as one would expect for this match. And, hey, and we could put it, Jeff it was, Jarrett in Abolution. He might, he might be. Oh, <laughs> he might, he might roll. Not a bad idea. Um, dude, if only Rick Rude were still alive, he would be just a killer for God it. God rest his soul. Uh, a shout out to everybody who sent me all the Rick Rude memes over the weekend. I appreciate those. Those are nice, <laughs> nice touches. <laughs> uh, Jamie Hayter lost her AW Women's Championship to Tony Storm. We have a new champion. Hayter came into this match injured both in real life and in storyline. She got beat up on the way to the ring and got beat up all along the way. Um, you know, it was a good little match, whatever, but everything here was just sort of seemed sort of driven by the realities behind the match or the concept of the match or whatever. Not a lot of fun stuff. Uh, House of Black open uh, call for the for the trios championship. Had a, I actually enjoyed this match a lot, but beat the acclaimed and daddy ass. Um, 
they're nice, a bunch of cool little stuff worked out. Then Jade Cargo, you predicted she would lose, but you you chose the wrong person that I she chose was the wrong lose person. To. Yeah, I, I felt she, like tonight was. The, I felt like last night was going to be the night, but I definitely didn't see Chris Statlander coming. Yeah, after 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 Jade retained, uh, Mark Sterling made an open call, and Chris Statlander made her shocking return from injury. And finally got that win that has been rumored since, well, since she blew out her ACL a year ago or whatever. So uh, that was a cool moment. Another weird moment in AEW of the babyface sort of taking the the short path to the to the champion. I mean, I'm not just AEW specific, but it's always a, an easy thing to point at. Yeah. Um, taking the short path to the championship. But, man, we this, this card needed a moment up to that point. And it was really good to see Statlander back. And it's going to be a lot of fun to have her yeah. as champion. I, I, said and marching, four, I said the four pillars match woke up the crowd. The result of the Chris Statland and Jay Cargo match was what really woke the crowd yeah. back up. Definitely. Good call. Yeah. Uh, we got the four pillars match after that, which, which we discussed in the combat club versus the elite um, going over the elite. And the anarchy match was the ending. I think we talked about just about everything that happened in, in over multiple shows this weekend. Brian, did we forget anything? Um, oh, shoot. Uh, did y'all talk? Did y'all talk about uh, um, Wesley, the opener for NXT? Oh, we didn't talk about that. Wesley retained. That was a really fun match, man. That 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 had more. I mean, they do all these like multi-person matches. The triple threat match is just the perfect number of people to do like a wild match. Yes. If you really do it right. It's like a spotter. Um, it's like a spotter in a gym. Like you could lift by yeah. yourself, but if you got a really good spotter, you can get a great workout in. So that's why triple threat matches are usually fun. What is Wesley now? Like the most successful title defenses by a by a North American champion? Has yes. to be. The Black Guy Championship, man. The North American title NXT North American title has more black champions probably per per capita in the history of wrestling. And Wesley is keeping that tradition going. So when they rename that the the NXT North African Championship, it will be <laughs> 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 it'll be very, very fitting. <laughs> Like, you get plus 10 XP points if you're a black guy holding that title. So, you just can't fucking lose. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. What were you going to say, Brian? I was going to say what was so cool. So, in a channel-changing moment, like, if this was the Monday Night Wars, you actually had Wes Lee and Swerve on the TV at the same time. If you remember when they was coming up, say, like, around 2017, um, mm-hmm. down WrestleMania 33 that weekend, they were putting on bangers. And just to see those guys at the high level on both companies, that was a moment right there. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's totally true. Yeah, I think that's it, guys. I think we actually made it through just about everything here. Man, what an incredible weekend of wrestling. Uh, all 22 matches. I don't think I got to see all 22 of them, but God damn it. Uh, you get to see it, some of them live. Yeah. You get to see enough, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Was More anybody? W- did anybody get a bigger reaction at Double or Nothing than the the mention of Dominic Mysterio's name? <laughs> Yo, um, a Dominic chant broke out during the trios match. I was like, ah, I don't know if that's what you wanted to do there with that bar, but. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, worry now. You, you don't have control over the reaction. You just gotta let your bars out into the world, and and what happens happens. What happens happens, man. But it was it was, <laughs> yeah. He was probably he's. It's crazy how popular Dominic is now. Insane, insane. Uh, so we talked. We I mentioned before that you know there's a lot a lot of the changes in store for for Monday Night Raw tonight. Right. Yes. yes. Um, most of the things that matter on Raw are new now, right? Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are going to be on Raw with presumably nothing to do. I mean, nothing you know, bloodline related to do. Um, 
you know, they were they had a little beef with Imperium, I think, last week, and Matt Riddle is still hanging around. I saw some rumors of a Matt Riddle Gunther feud potentially in the offing. Um, but you know, Brock Lesnar, what's he gonna do? Cody Rhodes, is he gonna be around or is he gonna be recuperating? We have a new champion in Seth Rollins. Uh, Trish and Becky presumably is still an ongoing issue. Um, what do we have? What are you looking forward to seeing what's gonna happen the most tonight? I'm looking forward to seeing if the World Heavyweight Championship is truly a fighting championship and, you know, what Seth does uh, to kind of establish what, what it's going to be because, you know, AJ's on SmackDown. So if it's Brock, if it's somebody else that comes and works Seth, I'm going to be excited to see that. And uh, I'm really excited to see how Asuka uh, runs the women's division as the Raw Women's Champion since Bianca mm-hmm. is a SmackDown competitor. So those are two... New champions with wide open dance cards right now to see who they're going to work. It would be with. really great if Oscar. I mean, I'm sure they're going to go with a rematch situation with Belair, but it would be just refreshing if they didn't. Just let this be a hard reset, you know, or let Bianca Belair just be like, "Nah, I've got something else I care about more." Yeah, you know, then like I'll, I'll get my re- I'll get my rematch when I when I when I'm ready for my rematch. Right now, I'm just going to do something else. Yeah, that would, yeah. I mean, that would at least be intriguing. Oh gosh, Seth, and we got Money in the Bank qualifying matches this week, so that's they that's start exciting. this week. Yeah, I think yeah. they said the women's are starting next week, but the yes. men's are starting this week. We got uh, Montez Ford in LA Knight and uh, Zelina Vega and uh, Military Girl. What's her name? Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans wait, are the first. Uh, LA Knight oh. versus Montez Ford is in is round is is the first match. First qualifying match. I mean, yes. it's got to be Montez, right? But I then when you do LA Knight, LA Knight was so over in Saudi that That's they almost gave him a match. I, I don't know. Like LA Knight is he's got he's got that momentum. He's 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 been turned into one of those dudes where it's like, we're not ready for you to be this hot yet because we don't really have anything for you, but the crowd is gonna start forcing their way into making it. It wouldn't shock me if LA Knight uh I think he should be the first competitor in the money in the bank. Maybe match. and maybe this is maybe Montez loses and now this the Power couples on a losing streak together. True. That could be that. I'm sure there's, there's also opportunities for like a last chance qualifying oh, yeah. match for those type of things. Because I don't I don't know why you wouldn't have a Money in the Bank match without Montez in it, especially after the Elimination Chamber this year. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I I agree with all those things. I think I think with Seth, definitely the best path forward would be for Roman Reigns to show up and answer an open challenge and take the belt. <laughs> Uh, I just need more belts on Roman, man. It's gonna be hilarious. If it no, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see where they go. I mean, Brock makes a lot of sense, you know, especially for like why you would have him go over Cody like that, and uh, you know, Cody got got some protection in the way they did it. But still, it's like, what, so is this is are they going to go into Brock right now? Maybe so. Maybe um, that could be a whole lot of fun. Um, what do you think? By the way, just speaking of what Seth's going to do next, what do you think about the Triple H? Triple H giving awarding him the title and then them raising and then Seth raising Triple H's hand with him as they were celebrating. Was that just like a Triple H is over in Saudi Arabia moment? Or or is is Triple H gonna be more involved in as an on-screen character? I mean, he he closed Raw with Cody and he Yeah. He was he was visible there. And even with the announcement of the World Heavyweight Championship, remember we just kept talking about like, man, who was really burying Roman? Really like Yeah, and they're just gonna let that lie. Yeah. So I mean, maybe, maybe Hunter is gonna be a lot more involved uh as far as uh, being an on-screen character uh again. 
But I mean, um, there's a perfect lane here, right? For them to for him to be like rah rah guy. Yes, Seth, you're the champion that fights, and then at some point, Seth's going to be like, "Dude, I got to hurt back," and and Triple H is going to be like, "You agreed, dude." Yeah, you know, he's Dana like, White. That's, yeah. He's got to be the Dana White of of WWE now, and just be like the yeah. matchmaker and the guy who does, you know. Who's also kind of got that. Yeah, if they like, can walk that line, which shouldn't even be that fine, it shouldn't even be that difficult, but to do that, to be like, I'm an on-screen character and, and I'm actually playing it straight. Yeah, you don't need to White. be, yeah, you don't need to be the, 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 the corporation authority on-screen characters have been done to death. I think Shawn Michaels has been doing a good job of that down at NXT, just being the straight, mm-hmm. the straight man, um, authority figure down there. Uh, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't be that hard for them to pull off a Triple H because I think that's, that's, that's kind of what makes the most sense in that's 2023 so anyway. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see. All right. Brian, Brian, what are you most excited about tonight? <sighs> Seth Rollins. I'm ready to see. We've been wanting this for so long. So I'm ready to see. I'm ready to hear the music. I'm ready to hear them sing his song. Yeah, it's going to be really awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you for doing this. Thanks as always. Kaz, you want to get your plugs in? Yeah, man. Uh, I just want to say thanks to everybody uh, who was really kind to me and had very nice words to say about uh, the Ultimate Show and the Double or Nothing pre-show. Um, incredible time there. Entire staff at AEW was super class. Uh, took care of my family. My mom was out there. So just want to shout out to everybody over there. They were really fantastic. And again, shout out to... Uh, both cons for letting this be a thing that I can do <laughs> and uh really appreciated uh for that. But yes, say hello to Kaz Loki and Rosie. Forbidden Monday. door is open. The forbidden door, I guess, is it's cracked, I guess. I won't say it's open, but it's definitely cracked. But uh say hello to Kaz Loki and Rosie out right now, youtube.com slash Kazim. Catch me on uh points bet, count it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh right here on the Ring of Wrestling show, man. Thank you all. You guys were uh really, really kind to me this weekend. I appreciate all the kind words. It was really nice. Thank you. Uh, Brian, edit out all the parts where I was mean to Kaz. I don't want to be part of it. I don't want to be the only... I'm growing a hive, Dave. I'm growing a hive. You do not want me to send my hive after you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a part of the Kaz hive. Brian Waters, thank you for producing the show. Kaz, thanks to you as always. Thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you listen to all the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. This is going to be a big week. Uh, we got two episodes of the Mass Man Show, two episodes. We have Cheap Pete, Peter's, Peter Rosenberg's Friday something, and of course, Wednesday Worldwide, where Brian's always holding it down. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, Humanoids. Peace. Peace.